It's Fantasy Fiction Friday! Today I'm bringing you Chapter 27 of The Dragon Collector entitled The Xandadorian Portal. So, do you ever wish you could transport yourself from one place to another with merely a thought? I mean, think of the time you would save and the traffic you would avoid. Plus, money would no longer be a barrier to travel, so you could experience endless adventures. Well, teleportation is a real thing in the land of Xandador. For the Dawnstalkers, that is. Humans can't teleport, but they have learned to utilize that teleportation power and create portals to different regions in the land. What you don't learn in this chapter is that King Omri has banned the use of portals because he doesn't want people traveling. He doesn't want them to explore, to have adventures, to see the world. He wants them to remain contained and compliant. That makes him feel in control and powerful. However, he doesn't have as much control as he thinks he does. In today's chapter, Aster and Javen activate the portal and instantaneously travel to... Well, you'll have to listen to find out. Let's get to the land of Xandador! It's Fantasy Fiction Friday! That means it's time for an escape break with author DK Drake. This is the part of the show where your host, author DK Drake, reads you a snippet of one of her stories. So if you're intrigued by a world where dragons exist and people live for hundreds of years, stay tuned for a show designed for sheer entertainment purposes. Still here? Fantastic. Prepare for adventure, for you are now entering the land of Xandador. Chapter 27 The Xandadorian Portal Aster's vast knowledge of the land had Javen's head swimming after walking alongside the old man for several hours. Every flower or plant they passed had a name and a purpose. Some could be eaten, some could be used for medicine, some could be used as poison. When they weren't discussing plants, Aster painted detailed descriptions of the geography of the Dragonstalker territories. He made Javen spew back the descriptions of the mountains and valleys in the Midnight and Noonstalker territories as well as the woods and plains that defined the Dusk and Dawnstalker territories. Aster also instructed Javen on ways to find food, water, and shelter in each of the territories and described the kinds of animals Javen was bound to contend with in his quest to collect dragons. Creepy crawly creatures, deadly flying insects, and ferocious four-, six-, and eight-legged monsters all roamed the territories and apparently did not appreciate intruding human guests. The talk of such animals had Javen wondering why they were about to enter the Duskstalker territory unarmed. He was about to ask Aster if he could fly back to the barn and retrieve his stun balls and stalker swords when he noticed the landscape was changing. The flowery, hilly meadows were giving way to flat, white, sandy land with squiggly, knee-high trees that had green bark and brown leaves. Although Javen could see the trees grew taller and more dense up ahead, he stooped to inspect one of the trees at his knee. The leaves were shaped like a dog's paw print as thick as the palm of his hand, as rough as sandpaper on top, as smooth as glass on the bottom, and smelled like salt. What are these cute little trees called? Javen asked. Shoreline trees, Aster said. The leaves make a tasty soup. Javen stood up so fast he nearly threw his back out. Does that mean we're at the shore? He had never been to the beach before, but had always longed to visit. The ocean is about half a mile away on the other side of the trees. Awesome! Javen zigzagged his way through the thickening forest of shoreline trees. He could hear the rumbling of the waves and feel the salt in the breeze as the trees he passed grew taller and taller. He finally broke through the tree line and found himself standing on a pure white beach with an endless red ocean stretching out before him. A wave higher than his head crashed on the shore and drew back. Another formed, crashed, drew back. He stood there, out of breath, transfixed, disturbed by the sight of the bloody red water and wishing it was the crystal clear blue he had always dreamed of seeing. You look distraught, my son. 
Astor's quiet voice broke Javen's trance. Yeah, Javen said. This is wrong. I don't understand. The ocean, it's wrong. Javen ran his fingers through his black hair and shook his head. Oceans are supposed to be blue. No, Astor said. Rivers and streams and lakes are blue. The western ocean, this one, is red. The eastern ocean is purple. Purple? That's crazy. It is the way it is. Not on Earth. I should like to hear about your Earth oceans, Astor said, nodding. But first we have a trip to finish. Come, I have the Octis waiting for us at the portal. There's another portal? The red ocean no longer held Javen's interest. He turned from the mesmerizing sight and followed Astor back into the trees. Javen stood with his arms crossed, staring at the massive white circle on the ground. One triangle-shaped hole marked the center of the circle, and nine similar holes with the tips of the triangles all facing outward spread out along the circumference of the circle. Even though he had worked hard to sweep the sand away using shoreline tree leaves, the circle was still covered with a thin layer of the white dust. This doesn't look like the portal I came through with my mom. That's because this is a Xandadorian portal, not an interdimensional portal. Say what? The Xandadorian portal is made only of Dawnstalker scales and utilizes their ability to teleport. From here, we can transport ourselves to any of the other regions in the Great Rift, except for Axios, or one of four other places in Xandador where a linking portal exists. This portal can't take us to Earth? No. To get to Earth, you have to travel through a portal made of all four scales. There is one such portal in North Sandador and another precisely 965 miles south of it in South Sandador. Only the protectors know how to activate those portals, but anyone who has two seven-year dawn scales can use the Sandadorian portal. Gotcha. Javen really had no clue what the man was saying, but he also had no desire to hear a more detailed explanation. Where is this portal going to take us? First, you must see where we are. Aster pointed to the triangle directly to the left of the middle triangle. We are on the western shoreline and will be transported to the eastern shoreline. This time, Aster pointed to the triangle directly to the right of the middle triangle. What's this middle triangle all about? That is the central portal, the one located in the heart of Xandador in the basement of the king's castle. You mean we could use this portal to break into the castle and save my mom? No, that would be foolishness. Omri controls it and his soldiers constantly guard it. He uses it to send his dragons throughout the lands to devour those who try to rise against him. That gave Javen an idea. If he could collect this dragon they were on their way to watch, then he and his dragon could go through the portal together and rescue his mother. He wouldn't have to wait the month Ravier wanted him to wait. Foolishness. Javen nodded as if agreeing with Aster. I don't want to be a fool. I do want to learn about dragons, though. How about we get this portal fired up and go to meet this Mercer you mentioned? Yes, Aster said. He looked up at the sun as if he was one of those wise old school guys who could tell time by the position of the sun in the sky. Then again, Aster was a pretty old guy. He probably did know exactly what time it was. His scales are starting to change and I want you to observe his feeding time. Aster untied the octis he had strapped to a tree via their antennae and handed Javen the antennae to the one with the blue and yellow streaks. His name was, appropriately enough, Blue. Get on and hover over the portal. Hold on tight. Octis don't like traveling by portal. He's likely to throw you off once we reach the other side if you're not careful. Don't worry, I can handle myself on one of these things. Javen mounted the Octi and rested his legs comfortably in the crook between the Octi's two sets of wings. All set? Aster asked. Think so. Javen pulled up on the antennae and the Octi drifted into the air. That's it, Blue, Javen whispered. You take care of me and I'll take care of you. I'll even give you a better name once I get to know you a little bit. 
They turned slow circles in the air while Aster inserted a dragon scale into the spot that represented their current location. He then tied his Octi's antennae around his waist and shuffled across the portal. Aren't you going to get on your Octi? I will, once we reach the other side. Putting a scale in the slot while riding an Octi is tricky business for an old man. I'll come down a little closer. You're too high. Javen nudged his Octi down. Once they were hovering just a few feet over the portal, Aster put the second scale in the destination slot. A burst of bright pinkish-blue light blinded Javen and spooked Blue. Javen leaned his body against Blue and felt his stomach drop as Blue skyrocketed upward, his little Octi heart beating a million times a minute against Javen's test. Whoa, Blue, whoa! Javen pulled on his antennae, but that only freaked Blue out and sent him in the other direction, straight into a downward spiral. Javen held on for dear life as he blinked incessantly to regain his sight. The world became blurry again, but part of the blurriness was due to the death spin he was in. Javen wasn't sure if he could trust his eyes anyway. The only thing he could see with any clarity was a wall of purple that Blue seemed determined to crash into. He could feel the panic overtaking the Octi's mind. Javen had to gain control. Fast. Javen closed his eyes and made himself relax. He rested his limp body against Blue's tense one, eased his hold on the antennae, whispered to his ride, Pull up, boy. Pull up. Then he gave a tiny tug on the antennae. Blue responded. Javen opened his eyes just as Blue skirted the surface of the purple ocean and resumed the calm, easy demeanor he demonstrated when Javen first mounted him. Guess we're on the eastern shore. Javen and Blue floated above the ocean while Javen drank in the beauty of the purple water lapping onto the bronze sand. Beyond the sand, he could see cliffs and waterfalls and rolling hills covered with a canopy of colorful trees. This place is paradise. I wonder why nobody lives here. Humans are not allowed to live in Dragonstalker territories, Aster said, flying up from behind Javen. Now come. Mertzer is on the hunt. We'll track him from the air. Aster sped away. For a slow-walking man, he sure is fast on that Octi. Javen urged Blue to keep up while working on his plan to collect Mertzer. He would let the dragon eat, then leap from Blue to Mertzer when the dragon was full, tired from hunting and least expecting him. It was a simple, foolproof plan. Why was everyone trying to make this collecting thing harder than it needed to be? If you enjoyed today's Escape Break episode but don't want to wait to find out what happens next, click on over to authordkdrake.com. There you can become a DK Drake Insider, secure your free starter library, and access all the books from the Dragonstalker Bloodline saga that are available for sale on Amazon. In the meantime, I dare you not to dream of dragons tonight.